I've actually really kind of had two or three different directions that I felt kind of pulled one way or the other and really didn't get it until I was just a couple of minutes ago about where I wanted to go tonight um, and what I wanted uh, to share with you tonight. But I just want to tell you, I know you probably know this, and if you don't, I hope you hear this, that this church is valuable to this community. It's valuable to this community. It, it is a light in this community. And it's no accident you're right across the street from the school. It doesn't matter whether they're coming to church or not, they've got to pass it every day. They've got to feel that anointing that flows out of here every day. It doesn't matter. But you, you, you need to realize that this, this is a valuable church. It is, it is important to be here. It's important for this church to be here. It's important that, that these pastors are faithful and they're here for the long haul. And they're here to see God's glory and to see God do something. And, and the thing that blesses me, because I, listen, I go all over and preach, okay? And the thing that blesses me is they still are expecting more. You know, I have to tell you, there are churches that, that I, I'm, I preach at and they're just kind of treading water, you know, just kind of hanging in there. They're not really, really, they're not expecting anything. But if, you're, if your expectation is out there, then God's going to answer that. He's going to answer that. And I believe in this church, He's going to answer that. And, and you, you just need to know and understand, if you're here tonight, more than likely you're a faithful member of this church. You came back on a beautiful Sunday evening uh, to hear me. You know, I mean, I've heard myself. I'm not, I'm not impressed. You know, I mean, really. But, 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 um, Becky said amen, so. No. Thank God she stuck with me all these years. If you'd have known who I was before I got saved and what God's done, you know, we, um, uh, we, <laughs> when we first started the church, um, we were meeting in a little building, you know, and just had, just, I don't know, we may have had 50 people in the church, 60 people. And I'm up there on a Sunday morning. I looked out and I saw this woman walk in and I looked at her and I said, that can't be who I think it is. And then I looked, yeah, it is. It was a girl that Becky and I went to college with. Now, you know, we always think somebody else is worse than we were. We thought she was worse than we were in college. The fact was, we all ran together. And uh, so, you know, I preach and after the service, we're, you know, we're standing down there and she came up and hugged us and, you know, and it's good to see you. And I said, well, what are you doing here? And she said, I heard that Sam Carr was a pastor. And I said, there ain't no way that's the Sam Carr I know. I'm going to go see for myself. But isn't it good to be a new creature? God to change you and change who you are and change your character and change your focus, change your purpose, change everything about you. I tell you, all these years later, you know, that I, since I've been saved, I think, I still think about that. I think about how amazing it was that God just totally changed my life. 
changed, totally changed my life. Changed, literally changed who I was. And not only that, I got to keep my wife. Because I almost lost her. Almost lost her. But thank God, I got, God supernaturally worked and, 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 and got us back together and, and we've been blowing and going ever since. Just having to, you know, of course, I, I'm kind of second on the totem pole these days, but because of grandbabies, you know how that goes, but I get a little time. I have to bring her to Grosbeck to get away from the grandbabies, you know. <laughs> then she's FaceTiming them, you know. That's okay. They're my grandbabies too. Uh, I want to share something with you tonight, and, and, and to be honest with you, it's sort of a message, but it's more an exhortation, if, if, if anything else. And it's something that happened to me, something that God dealt with me about. And I tell my church this all the time, if God gets on to me, I get on to you. And uh, that's not one of these times, but I just want to share an exhortation with you uh, tonight, something that, that the Lord really opened my heart and opened my eyes to um, and, and challenged me with uh, in my own personal life. And I believe it'll, it'll, you know, it'll be a blessing to you as well. I want to read a scripture to you in Psalm 8, verse 1. Verse 1 and 2. Listen to what it says. Lord, Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. Now listen to this next verse. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing, nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemies and the avengers. Now I want you to notice something here. And we're going to see this a little clearer, but, but listen to this. It says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Why? Because of His enemies. That He may silence the enemy and the avenger. Now stop and think about it a minute. Instead of God just turning around and saying to His enemies, Hush! Stop! He said, I have ordained somebody else to do it. I've ordained somebody else to do it. When those that He ordained, it says here, are babes and nursing infants to silence the enemy and the avenger. But now, that's a little bit blind to us. In fact, you kind of wonder exactly what He's saying. But then Jesus interpreted it for us. Isn't that good when you don't have to try to figure something out? Jesus says this is what that means. And in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus interpreted it. So we can understand it. Listen to what He said. Jesus said to them, Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Oh, thought I said that. Verse 16. You want to do it again? That's why I brought Becky with me. This. And Jesus said to them, 
Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected, what's the word? Praise. What is it that steals the avenger? Who says it? No, no. Who speaks it? You do. God ordained it that way. He established it that way. That was His purpose. That was His motive. That was His desire that you would be the one who would speak forth His praise. And when you speak forth His praise, it says in the Word of God, listen to this, that it will silence the enemy and the avenger. What you did tonight for 30 minutes, I timed it, 30 minutes. What you did tonight has an impact way far out beyond you just having that time here in this building. Because your voice is going up to heaven. Your voice is going out into the community. Your voice is saying something, producing something, and what it is producing, and I'm going to show you this, is a barrier against the enemy. Where there is praise, where there are places of praise, there is an effect on everything around. And then you can narrow it down into your own life and understand that not only is it there, but in your own life it produces the same result. Now let me just tell you something that I found out from the Word of God. Jesus is very tightly knit and associated with your praise. He is looking for praise. Not to judge it. Not to listen to it, but to participate in it. See, we think we're just singing. We think we're just having a, you know, great, hey, it was awesome. But it does more than you, you, can, you can imagine. When you make up your mind that you're going to be a praiser. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. This is the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. For he says, the Father, uh, uh, Jesus, I will declare your, the Father's name to my brethren. Now listen to this. In the midst, Hebrews 2, 11 and 12. Okay. Let me back up. Let me back up to verse 11. I'll read it out of the King James. Listen. For both He who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. So the sanctifier and those who are sanctified are all one. Well, who's the sanctifier? Jesus. Who, that means that we're one with Him. You got it? And He's not ashamed to call us brethren. All right, now let me read the Amplified Bible, the next verse. You ready? 
For he says, I will declare your name, the Father's name, to my brethren in the midst of the worshiping congregation. I will, I will, I will, I will sing hymns of praise to you. Jesus gets involved with your praise. He gets involved in the praise of the worshiping congregation. So you don't get it. You're thinking Jesus is just seated at the right hand of the Father, kind of hanging out waiting for, for the Father to say, okay, it's time. Do you know what? That's not true. Do you know that the Bible says in Revelations that Jesus is walking in the midst of the churches? He's walking in the midst of the churches. I was in a church that Jesus walked in. And I want to tell you something. I didn't see him, but the pastor saw him. And it was obvious that he saw him. There was no faking it. The presence of God was so strong in there. And he walked right up to him and began to speak to him. And then he left. When did that happen? It happened during praise and worship. The Bible says, listen to me, y'all ready? That He worships with us. Sings hymns of praise to the Father. So we have a powerful ally. So when we're lifting up our praise unto God, it's not just us. It's not just us. The Holy Spirit's involved in it. Jesus is involved in it. It is a powerful, powerful tool for you to be a praiser. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot bring Stacy home with you. So what are you going to do? Well, you can listen to her music. That'll help a lot. But you've got to make up your mind. You're, you're going to be a praiser whether there's any music whether there's any singing, whether there's any unction, whether you can... Now, here's the worst part, because I know this for a fact. Whether you can sing or not. Because I listen to me, I can't sing a lick. You don't want to stand by me and listen to me sing. But I want to tell you something, God doesn't care. And when I'm lifting up my voice to Him, and when I'm praising Him, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. The fact, listen... I don't want to get into this tonight, but you know the devil, Lucifer, before he was cast down to the earth, was in charge of worship. Now, I don't have time to, you're just going to have to look it up for yourself, but it's a fact. He was, a, he was in charge of worship. Now think about this. This guy, this angel had perfect pitch, hear anything, he was... It, it, Perfect musically. Okay. But he has to hear me sing. <laughs> I love it. He has to listen to me sing. And there ain't nothing he can do about it. And God receives it just as though he was receiving it from somebody who can sing like an angel. 
And he, he, he ain't nothing he can do about it. I mean, you want to torment the devil, just sing off key for a while. <laughs> it's true. No, listen. You and I have got to understand something. We have got to get a revelation of something. Because we think, well, Jesus paid it all. No more sacrifices left. Yeah, there's one. It's called the sacrifice of praise. It's what the Word says. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise unto God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. We, it's our responsibility to be praisers. Now see, you're church people. I know you came back on Sunday night. You, you, you're responsible. We've got to be praisers. We've got to be praisers in our house. We've got to be praisers every day. We've got to be willing to do that. We've got to be willing to open our mouth unto the Lord. And let your praise come forth. What does it do? Well, it stops the devil. It steals the avenger. You know what an avenger is? An avenger is someone who comes to right a wrong. It's not the, it's not the movie that just came out. Okay? It's somebody... And so, the devil is, listen to me, is always an avenger trying to tell you you are wrong. And you should be punished because you are wrong. But see, Jesus paid the price so you wouldn't be wrong. So the avenger is trying to tell you you're wrong. The avenger is trying to tell you it won't work. The avenger is going to try to tell you anything that's contrary to what God has done for you through His Son. But when you lift up your voice and praise unto God, and you begin to rejoice and glorify God for what He has done for you, it stops Him in His tracks there's no more challenge there's no more challenge to you there's no more yeah but it doesn't matter when you let your praise come up when you let praise arise listen to me it will defeat your enemies and I'm just rebuking the devil. I'm standing and pleading the blood. Let me tell you, I'm not against any of that. But let me tell you something that'll work. Lift up your hands and just begin to praise God. Father, I glorify you. I magnify you. I praise you. I thank you. You're a mighty God. You're my deliverer. Hey, I, I just, I just go over to the Psalms and just start singing the Psalms before God. What does that do? It defeats the enemy. We talked about that this morning. In regard to Jehoshaphat, what did they tell them? He said, go out where I tell you to go. Stand still and see the salvation of God. You'll not have to fight in this battle. Oh, by the way, put your praisers out front. Put your praisers out front. Put them out there in the front. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to wear any armor. All they got to do is praise. What happened when they started praising? They got confused. 
The enemy didn't know what to do. They didn't know which way to go. And the next thing you know, they're killing each other. They killed each other till every one of them was dead. Now, I want to know how that happened. You don't even care, do you? I want to know, how is it that they were able to kill everybody? They killed each other, and they all died. Somebody had to be the last one. Okay. Listen. Sorry, I, that, that was a little off there. but Your praise will defeat the enemy. Confuse the enemy. They won't know what to do, which way to go. They won't be able to, they can't figure it out. What do I do? Because of your praise. It steals the avenger. It stops the enemy in your life. See, you can hear me preach this, but if you don't do it, I just wasted my breath. Because I can't do it for you. You have to do it for you, for your life. It will bring deliverance in your life. We talked a little bit about this this morning. You think about uh, Paul and Silas in that prison. In the worst conditions, what did they do? They praised God. They praised God. And they did not do it to themselves. It says that everybody in the prison heard them. They were shouting from the rooftop. They were letting it rip. They were rejoicing. They were glorifying God. What happened? Well, you know what happened. The earth shook. The cells were opened. And they were all free. Why? It brought deliverance in their, in their lives. It brought a supernatural deliverance in their lives. God did something for them. Well, I tried that. Well, how long did you praise? Ten minutes, five minutes. Sometimes it takes more than that. Sometimes it takes some effort. Now, the Lord started dealing with me about this and, and, and literally began to speak to me about praise and about its value. And so, I'm just going to tell you, I wrote it all down, so I'm going to tell you what He told me by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, these are just things, you just one right after another. So, I'm going to just, I'll, I'll, I may stop and talk about some, but listen to this. In the cloak of darkness, let praise throw open the curtains of light. When you're in your darkest place, Anybody ever been in a dark place? When you're in your darkest place, and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't know the answer, it may seem like the whole world's coming down on top of you, that's the time to praise. And when you start lifting your voice to God, and you begin to praise God, light comes. It dispels the darkness. Light comes. Number of years ago, Becky and, and my daughters were in an automobile accident. And uh, it was extremely serious. I mean, they were hit head on. And, and when I got to the scene, it looked like a disaster zone. There was a helicopter landed uh, medic in the road and fire trucks everywhere and, and, and all this going on. I saw the, Becky's car and it was totally demolished. And, and uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm running up there to the scene. And, and, and it, I found Becky just like that because I heard her. 
I heard her over everybody else. And she was screaming the name of Jesus. Screaming the name of Jesus. My other, other daughter and her were laying in the ditch, laying there, and they were being attended to. My other daughter, they were trying to extract her from the car. When she got out, she felt her head roll back. Her eyes rolled back in her head and I heard the medic say she's gone. They got her out of the... Out, finally got her out of the vehicle. I walked over there and of course they tried to push me away, but that ain't happening. And I laid my hands on her and I rebuked that spirit of death. It's interesting because later on, a fireman, a medic, who was on the scene there, who was a Christian, said, came to Becky and I and told us, he said, I just want to tell you, um, when y'all were there, I was there, and I saw her, and, and everybody thought she was dead, but the Lord spoke to me and said, she's not dead, she's just asleep. She got in the, in the uh, ambulance, I climbed up in the ambulance with her, and her eyes opened. And she spoke, she spoke to me, said, Daddy. And then they made me, made me get out of the ambulance. So that's, it was critical. All, Becky and both my girls were in the hospital, were, were there in the emergency room. They said Becky's back was broken. And, uh, uh, my other daughter that her leg was broken. And that, that Laney had, uh, she was in a coma. And it, I don't want to go into all the details, but it was bad. But God supernaturally began to work in, 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 in their lives. Becky, they said, uh, the doctor told her that a piece of bone had broken off and gone in her spine. And, and the doctor said that it's like the nerves moved out of the way and let the piece of bone go in. Did no damage. My daughter, the doctor said that her leg was broken. But they came back later and x-rayed it or re-x-rayed it. I don't remember now. And, and it wasn't broken. In fact, that doctor pointed her finger at me like this and said, I know her leg was broken. So I've got Laney, my youngest, and Becky in the hospital. And it's a long story and I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I want to show you something here that will help you. Okay? So... So they're in the hospital. Becky's recovering. My daughter has come out of the coma, but she's still out of it, so to speak. So thank God they had a room that all three of us were in. And um, we're in that room, and it's late at night. And, you know, when you're in a hospital and they open the door, and it's dark, and your light just, you know, hits you. And a nurse called me out in the hall and, she said, um, Pastor Carr, uh, there's a phone call for you at the nurse's station. So I went to the nurse's station and there was a lady and she said, Pastor, you don't know me, but your son had just been in an automobile accident. And um, uh, he's on his way to the hospital. Well, I knew exactly where he was coming. I knew where the emergency room was. I'd been down there. I knew exactly where to go. So, now, I got one of my daughters has gone home. My wife and my other daughter are in the hospital. And I'm walking down in the middle of the night down to the emergency room because my son has been in a car accident and he's on his way to the hospital. 
I'm walking down the hall. Now, you got to be careful about what I'm going to say. Okay, I wouldn't shout till I get through, so just listen. I heard this phrase, and it's really out of the book of Job. And it said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Now, you know, that you'd think that might be God, but that wasn't God. It was the devil. I knew immediately it wasn't God. Because God doesn't come to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to give life and to give it more abundantly. So I stopped in that hall. I can still see it in my mind's eye today. I stopped in that hall and I said, Father, I know you're not the destroyer. I know you're not the one that brought this on my son. I know that he's, uh, <clears throat> he's not going to die. He's going to live. And I lifted up my hands and I began to praise God right there in the middle of that hospital hall all by myself. It sounded like a, I mean, because it was empty, you know, and it was just, and I began to praise God for his deliverance. I began to praise God for my family, praise God for what he did for him, praise God for what he was going to do for him. And I want to tell you, listen, the reason I'm telling you that is because I was in a dark place. When you've been beat up and your whole family's in the hospital and your whole world is in around that hospital, that's it. And it was a, it was a battle. But I made up my mind, no, I, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to let, I'm going to, when that cloak of darkness tries to surround me, I'm going to throw up the curtains of light by praise. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God. And I began to praise Him. And my whole countenance changed. And I got an assurance from the Lord right then that my son was going to be okay. And he came in. He had a concussion. He actually put him in the room next door to us. So I had all of them right there. But God supernaturally delivered my whole family. Supernaturally delivered my whole family. But I understand that that cloak of darkness can come on you. I understand. But see, that's where praise comes in. That's where you make up your mind. I'm going to lift my voice to God. I'm going to pray. And you don't want to. Really, you don't want. You've got to do it because you're doing it by faith. And I'm telling you, some of you better listen to me because you're going to need what I'm telling you one day. Maybe not tomorrow, but one day you live in this world, you're going to need it. And you have to lift up your voice to God. And it, that cloak of darkness literally will be dispelled <clears throat> by light when you lift up your voice and praise. Here's another one. When you are shackled down by life's pressure or persecution, sing praise in the midnight hour. When it's its darkest, sing praise in the midnight hour. Just make up your mind you're going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to glorify God. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to let God work. Here's another one. No hole or pit of darkness can hold the one who praises the Most High. They will rise from the pit to declare His glory. Praise works. Praise works. Praise is the people's voice to the Most High, unfettered by religion when lifted up and then heard by the Almighty and attended to Him personally. Attended by Him personally. Personally. It's my voice. It's not a religious voice. It's my voice to the Most High God. 
And it's heard by the Most High God. And He attends to it personally. That's what praise is all about. Praise is the seal to a heartfelt prayer that will keep it fresh in the mind of the prayer and a reminder that help is on the way. Do you understand the value once you've prayed? How many of you have ever noticed once you pray and you're expecting God to do something, it seems like just the opposite starts working? You ever notice that? That's because the enemy's trying to stop it. But listen to me. God's already working. God's already answering. God's already moving. So what you've got to do is make up your mind that you're going to praise your way to the end of it. You don't have to go ask Him again. Just thank Him for answering. Just thank Him. The Bible says over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't be anxious or fretful about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That thanksgiving holds you, holds you in place while the answer is coming. It holds you in place while the answer is coming. If rocks would cry out the praises, of Je- uh, the praises of Jesus, how much more should we that have been delivered? The rocks were going to cry out if the praisers didn't praise, Jesus said. How much more us? Here's another one. On the occasion of a great victory, there is always the praise of victory. You know, it's not hard to have victory and to shout and rejoice when you got the victory, when it's a done deal, when it's happened. When your favorite sports teams won the battle, they won, you know, and you, you're excited because they won. Anybody can do that. Amen. This isn't a Presbyterian church, is it? Okay. <laughs> Pretty quiet in here. (laughs) On the occasion of a great victory, there is always the praise of victory. But the praise of faith assures that the victory is coming. I tell you, you might as well make up your mind, you're going to be a praiser before the victory. Because that does is assure you it's coming. It's coming. Praise God, it's coming. God's working. Supernatural's happening. Whatever it takes, I praise God. It's happening. And the victory comes. Here's another one. You might have to think about this a minute. Most people praise the outcome of an event. But the God praiser declares the outcome as the event. Huh? It means you praise the event into being. You praise, things happen. You start praising, something's going to happen. Knowing the one to praise is most of the battle. The other part is knowing that the praise moves the one you know. Knowing the one you praise is most of the battle, but the other part is knowing that the praise 
moves the one that you know. It's not just words going up into the air. God, are you hearing me? Oh, Lord, are you listening? You don't even have to think those words. You don't even have to expect. When you praise Him, it goes up to Him. He responds to praise. Victory for the believer does not come in verbal sparring with other people, but with the bold, solo declaration of praise to God for the victory. You're wasting your breath talking to other people, arguing with other people, discussing it with your praise in front of people doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm gonna praise God in front of somebody. That's gonna make it happen. No, you get by yourself. You praise God and you see God work. The noble man turns his praise to God while the unrighteous flatter men with their praises in hope of gain. <clears throat> you know, some people got their praise off kilter a little bit. They're praising men instead of God. And the problem with that is there's going to come a time when you're going to really need to praise God and you're not going to know how. Because you're too, you've been too busy praising men, flattering men, thinking if I say this to this one, this will happen. Or if I do this, or if I praise them, or I think, tell them how great they are, they can do something for me, or they can work in my life. No. Listen to me. Listen to this, this, listen to this out of John chapter 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. Here's another one. There is a false flattery of praise to God, but it's easily discerned and the hypocrisy of it falls to the earth. You know, <clears throat> over the years I've experienced this a few times where you've got somebody and they talk a good game, but you get them in the midst of a bunch of real praisers, they fall flat on their face. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They just stand there with their hands folded. You ever been around anybody like that? Boy, they talk a good game. Well, come on, let's just go praise God for a while. Come to church with me. Let's just praise God. Let's just worship God together. They don't know what to do with it because they're not real praisers. Not real praisers. Woo! I'm giving you about 15 sermons here, right? Real in the short term here, but the heart that is always looking for praise very rarely is the one who gives much praise to God. Let me tell you something. If you've got to live on other people's praise, most of the time you don't do much praising. There's not much praise in your heart. Because you've got to have it instead of give it. I, I, I have to tell you, God, God really, long number of years ago now, but really dealt with me about people, about having to have praise. 
even over a message that you preach. I don't look for people to come tell me I had a good, that was a good message. That scares me if they say that. I'm not against that. Don't misunderstand me. I don't mind a compliment any more than anybody else. But the point is, if all you're ever doing is looking for praise in your life, what happens is you get caught up in praise to you rather than into praise to God. I'm going to read it again. The heart that is always looking for praise very rarely is the one who gives much praise to God. I'll preach the whole message on this next one. Fortunes can be gained and lost because of praise or a lack thereof. You have to go find that and listen to it. it literally, if you're a praiser, it brings fortune into your life. Help is always at hand for the praiser. When you rest in your praise to God, the praises of men will mean little to you. Where you are willing to praise is an indication of where your heart is. Where you're willing to praise is an indication of where your heart is. Listen, I, I had to deal with this in my own life when I, early on when I first got saved uh, about wanting to, to identify with certain people and identify in certain arenas. But to do that, you got to stop your praise. Don't ever give up your praise thinking that you're going to help somebody. Are you going to help something? My pastor, John Osteen. How many of you ever heard of John Osteen? Okay, my, he was my pastor. <clears throat> my pastor, I, I was with him one day. We were at the, in a hospital. And um, there people were, they were talking and, you know, some of them were using bad language and, and all that kind of stuff. And we were actually coming back down from the room we had been at. We got almost there. And he lifted up his hand and said, well, just praise God and thank God and hope that your last trip's not down. And he just began to praise God right there. Right in the front of those people in that elevator. He didn't know them. They didn't know him. But the point is, listen to me, it's a real indication of where your heart is where you're willing to praise God. Judge yourself. Are you in an environment where you're willing to praise God? Judge yourself. Once the voice of, the, of praise is established, it stymies the movement of the enemy. It's like somebody trying to walk in mud. That's the way the Lord showed me. In other words, when you're a praiser, the enemy cannot advance and move forward. It's like they get stuck. It's like walking in mud. They can have, they're in slow motion. They can't do what they want to do in your life because of your praise. It's because of your praise. Praise removes your shackles and places them on your enemy. There's a throwing off in praise. 
man, I'd like to get into that, but I don't have time. Listen, there's a throwing off in praise. There, it, it's like when you praise, you throw off your burden. You throw off what weighs you down. You throw off the chains that are trying to bind you and you throw them off on your enemy. Might want to be a praiser. Might help you. The flow of praise out of you brings back confidence and boldness toward your future. See, if you quit praising, all you're looking at is today. But if you make up your mind to, to praise God and to be a praiser, listen to me, what it will do, it will bring back your confidence and your boldness toward your future. I've had this in my own life. There have been times in my life, listen, where it's just like the enemy came, especially in the beginning of the ministry. And the enemy came against me and, 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 and I would get out and I would praise God. Is that an airplane landing? Is that me? It's just like the devil to try to do that. I'm not saying the sound man's the devil. That's not what I mean. <laughs> now, am I on? There you go. I don't need a mic anyway, but... Alright, listen to this. Praise removes the shackles, places them on your enemy, and then there's a throwing off. In other words, you take what's burdening you and you throw it off and it actually becomes a shackle to the enemies in your life. And I want to tell you, listen to me. This is kind of scary. But if you've got people that are coming against you and you start praising, you can bind them up by your praise. You don't have to speak to them. You don't have, it's not directed toward them. It's your praise to God, but it will literally bind up people from hindering your life. The flow of praise out of you brings back confidence and boldness toward your future. Lose your praise and you will lose sight of your destiny with the one you praise. Lose your praise, you'll lose sight of your destiny with the one you praise. You lose your praise, you lose sight of your future. You can live in today without it, maybe. But you lose sight of your future without praise in your life. You've got to have it in your life. It's got to work in your life. <clears throat> I'm just about finished here. But Stacey, I want you to come back up and sing here in just a minute. Okay, Listen to this. Praise is the hinge that the door of faith swings on. You can't tell me you got faith and you not you don't praise. Not not happening. Not happening. They work together. Here's the last one. Praise is the funnel that keeps joy flowing in your life.